Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live. You are joining us here in episode 42. In episode 42. For episode 42, well, you're you're here for it and you're in it. Jim, how are you? I am good. We have we have almost hit my age with these episodes. Um, I don't I think that's a good thing. In my mind, I keep like uh, thinking of episode 52, which is 10, 10 away. Um, and I feel like that would mean like we've done this for a year. I know that'll be past the year because, again, we've had life just unfurl before our eyes and we haven't been consistent week to week. Uh, so that to me is like the major milestone. Uh, but yeah, a- age is a good one, too. Um, right. When you said you were thinking of a uh, fifty-two, I was going to say, uh, "Tom, neither of us are fifty-two, my friend." No, uh, no, no. These we, we may have, feel like it, but we have a while to go. A while to go. So, yeah, awesome. Well, uh, it's great to be back this week. Uh, first and foremost, I've been reflecting a little bit in the last week on last week's episode, and uh, thank you to those who listened. Uh, thank you for those that stuck around. Uh, either you enjoy the content or you just were like, when is this ever going to end? Uh, either way, we appreciate you. And this week we will not be that long in the tooth. Uh, we have a lot less to talk about, but a lot of good topics. Uh, so we are going to dive right in today and we are going to talk about the kind of the major North American uh, story of the week. Uh, and that's AEW Blood and Guts, which happened on Wednesday night. Uh, emanating from Daly's Place in Jacksonville. AEW had a whole show, um, and I thought it was a really well-structured show. We talked a little, a little bit briefly last week that they had added matches, and, and you know, there was at talk at that one point that Blood and Guts was going to be a one-match show. Uh, I think we saw that that wouldn't have been the case. However, live, it was a one-match show. Okay, tell me more. I'm not... Right on, I'm not... Right on the line last night, they taped the first hour... The report I read said several weeks ago. I don't know how long. I mean, they still had to do the two ring setup for the first hour. So I don't know how many weeks ago. Um, but live, the fans that were there la- on Wednesday night, um, I almost said last night, which is not true. It's Friday morning. Um, only got blood and guts. Interesting. Okay. So, and they they had said, they said as they sold tickets, they had been very upfront about that. And when they announced tickets were going on sale, they said a one match event, which you and I had picked up on and then thought the whole show would be one match. You know, and that was the conversation last week. But, uh, yeah, apparently live, it was a one match. They showed the first hour on the screen, and the reactions we heard were actually the live crowd reacting to the screen, which is mm. interesting. Um, there apparently were, they did offer, there apparently were a couple of people that were mad about it, and they offered anybody who didn't understand that um, a refund. I would assume they had to take it before Blood and Guns started. <laughs> um, but, uh and they said five people took the refund. So apparently it wasn't a major issue uh, for those live. So I'm not quite sure why they did that, except for perhaps the timing. So, you know, they could edit that first hour and get it in the hour and then make sure they left the second hour and not overrun. Um, well, and, and and that massive cage, I mean, good grief. Uh, I felt like it got set up really quickly when I was watching. So that what you're sharing makes a lot of sense. And um, there's I mean, I just reason now that I think now that you say that. Yeah, I mean, I gave them credit for working efficiently, but you know, there's there's also uh, let's let's not uh, forget we had a a huge gimmick explosion match that kind of was, for lack of a better term, a fart in church. Uh, so timing on AEW's end and delivery on gimmicks, um, it's better to be safe than sorry. And so I, they probably did that here. And were they? We'll talk about that. Yeah. So I, uh, I want to dive right in because I actually um, have high praise for this match, and it was, it was crazy violent. Uh, I, I did you notice when you watched the episode this week that there was a lot of those bumpers about you know this you know show contains violent content you know the viewer discretion advised and that was the first time I'd ever recalled that happening for an AEW show and and clearly the main event uh, in this match. Uh, you know, let up or, or met that met that name or met that billing, if you will. I thought it was really a solid match. I thought it was incredibly violent. The guys that bled, which were there, there were a lot of them. Um, and in this type of match, whether you think that bleeding in the ring is good or not good, uh, it it added to the to to the drama. Uh, you know, you think of you know, I think of those poor FTR guys. Good grief! I don't know how much blood they lost, but they're in the vein of like the 1988 
you know, tag team wars in the South, um, even though I think that, that they're far more dynamic than that now. But you would imagine that those would be the guys that would, you know, almost like an homage to the past. Uh, but yeah, so many things to talk about. Uh, and I feel like it ended. I know we had discussed it a lot before that we thought, wow, this is really early. It feels premature to get to this type of match. In the aftermath, the way it ended, neither team lost anything, in my opinion. So, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. I've, I've been I've been hogging the hogging the mic this morning. Uh, you're good. You're good. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I thought. Let me back up from the match for a minute and just talk first hour just for a quick second. Um, a little surprised that we got more of Cody and QT than I thought we were going to get. I thought that was going to be more angle. Certainly, it was angle. Um, I, I saw that somebody yesterday put a, a story online and I read just a little bit of it. And then I saw it got an awful lot of backlash on Twitter as well. Um, and after I read a little bit of it, I, I stopped reading it to be perfectly honest. Um, just blasting Cody for um, their, their stance was that he was always putting himself in, you know, big moments and all of those kinds of things. And um, the only reason that QT has a job is because he's friends with Cody and blah, blah, blah. I thought Cody and QT had a good match. Um, I have cared more about QT Marshall in the last month than I have ever cared about QT Marshall. Uh, I think QT Marshall has done great character work. He reminds me a lot, and he's always kind of wanted to be an old school heel. You can kind of tell that, um, even through his work in Ring of Honor. And, and that's what he reminded me of. Is he a five-star Kenny Omega in the ring? No, but most people aren't. Um, and most people aren't going to be. He's not bad in the ring by any means. He's fundamentally good. And now his character is at a point where you're like, man, I want to see that guy get his butt kicked. Like, you know, he's just, he's come off as this, you know, almost, uh, I saw one comparison to the Sopranos, you know, he's this like mafia Don almost kind of um, with bad bowling shirts, which is kind of funny, I think. But um. But he, but he is, and I think his promos and his character work have been awesome. I think, um, you know, no shock that they ended it um, after the finish with a go-go coming in and hitting the punch, because obviously they see a lot in a go-go. There's no question there. Uh, he's kind of the guy that they're using, I think, the factory to build more than QT. Um, so that's, you know, that made total sense to me. Um I wouldn't be shocked if the announcement next week is Cody and a go-go um, at double or nothing, which we'll talk about in a little bit here. Um, so I, I thought that was really good. You know, Britt Baker was, was fine. Um, it was, it was what it should be to continue to build her. Uh, I thought the four-way tag was pretty good. Even if I thought the winner was completely obvious the entire time. Um, I, you know, you got yeah. four good tag teams. Yeah, that no, that was a good tag, and I wondered if they were going to do something fluky. Like, and 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 the one thing that we've pretty much seen consistently, and and that pretty much might be actually the wrong terminology to apply there, is that AEW really sticks to their guns when it comes to stipulations and or angles. Like when they say a team is going to, you know, break up if they lose, or if uh, if Cody will never challenge for the AEW World Title ever again, um, you know, among other things that have transpired. I thought they could have gotten away from not having SCU win, but not having them take the loss and that being kind of like the back doorway. Um, I don't have a problem with how it played out. It makes me like now I've been, I've been kind of simmering on this storyline, but I've also been paying attention as well. Um, so when I think of next week uh, and what is building, what has been developing as a stacked AEW card. Oh, smokes. I get right. Like, uh, I mean, that's you, you've got if you're following the product and you're invested in the in the brand, you've got a lot of reasons to tune in. So yeah, and and kudos to them to follow up obviously a huge show with blood and guts with another stacked lineup. Because we've seen and, and granted next week's live again. So maybe that helps because we've seen sometimes those tape shows just feel a little less than than some of the live shows. And again, next week is live, so maybe it's not shocking. Um, but to have two, you know, and, and they've had a run of good shows here uh, leading up to Blood and Guts. We kind of talked about that last week. But um, to have two really stacked shows back-to-back -back like that, I mean, whoo, they're uh, – and they got a pay-per-view to build to, which I'm almost afraid might get overshadowed by how good Dynamites have been. Um, 
yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, so I thought the first hour was good. Um, I, the one thing I'm interest I'm interested to see how it plays out is you have Darby Allen feuding with Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Uh, nice little dig at Evolve there by Ethan Page in his promo uh, without saying the word Evolve. Um, and we know that, I, I think I remember anyways, that that split wasn't necessarily uh, totally amicable. You know, they didn't leave on the best terms. Ethan Page seems to have a pattern of that, I might say. But anyways, that could be a story for another time because um, he didn't seem happy with Impact when he left there either. But uh, so who's going to get the shot? And does that lead? I hope it doesn't lead to any sort of tension between Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky already because they're just building those two as a unit. Um, it's just interesting to have two people feuding with a singles champion that are a team. Um, so, I, But I think they're feuding with Sting too. I really do. True, like, true. So... Again, Miro's getting the shot at Darby next week. Can Darby even perform, or do we get Darby losing the title without losing the title in the ring, and Miro becomes the, the, the face of TNT by becoming the champion? Again, so much going on. Obviously, we're getting we're getting even we haven't you haven't even shared your thoughts on blood and guts yet, and no, we're talking about next week. So um so, yeah. Yeah, no, and that's a very true statement. We could easily see Miro win the title next week and then Darby and Sting go off. I don't know that Darby needs to be the TNT champion right now. I think Darby's over here, over enough. Um, we'll see. If they, yeah, if they go that direction, I want to call back to it. It was the week before Blood and Guts where when Darby defeated, was it 10? Was it 10? I believe it was 10. He either, he, he either equaled or surpassed the number of defenses like that a TNT champion had had at that point. And then he had had like, I wasn't a murderer's role, but it was like five consecutive weeks of like really solid challengers and matches. So, you know, when you think of the footnotes that mark a champion's reign, he could do more by all means. Yet I could definitely see that the title transitioning now, and 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 they've been talking, and, and the opinion out there was for so long. You've got Miro, formerly Rusev, who's got all this talent in the world, and he kind of slowly, slowly, slowly was on this AEW journey, and he's finally, I think, turning the corner. And and there were Tony Khan kind of gone on record and saying that he had been had high hopes, and you know, the other right. thing about AEW, it's a slow burn, man. You got to right. sometimes things happen quickly, which we've we've talked about here, but sometimes it's a slow burn. Absolutely. They they do both. Um, absolutely. They do both. And and sometimes they do the slow burn very well, too. Um, they've, they've planted seeds along the way for a lot of things. Um, so blood and guts. Let me talk about that for that match. Um, I, I thought the match was phenomenal. I thought Santana is going to be a star um, on his own someday, I think, uh, when he breaks away. You know, when they I, I will still say that LAX has not been used to the best of their potential in AEW um, or proud and powerful. Sorry. I, you know, go back to old school names. Um, I just don't think in the tag, in the tag division, especially they haven't been used to their full potential at all. Um, and AEW's tag division could be a whole nother topic that we can talk about sometime because I feel like that's true of a number of tag teams. Um, but I digress. Um, Santana, I thought, look, like, he really stood out to me. Sammy Guevara also really stood out to me. Sammy Guevara is somebody who, there have been a lot of people that have been super high on Sammy for years. I haven't been one of them. Um, I, I, he just hasn't clicked for me. He clicked for me on Wednesday night. He, I thought he was great. Um, I, and I've come around on him a little bit quicker than you, but I will share that opinion uh, of... It took a while. Like I kind of like I remember Sammy Guevara, and we've talked about you know how how much and how actively I was watching PWG on a pretty regular basis up and you know up until I think about 2019, late 2018, give or take. I you know every DVD that had come out, I was watching and purchasing. But Sammy Guevara just wasn't doing a lot for me in those in the spot he was put in in PWG, and when when AEW had signed him, he was one part of that first kind of. You know, when when they launched and it was all kind of a, a new brand and new talent, I was like, okay, this guy, like, and I'm, I I wouldn't say that now. Like, I would like I laugh at myself thinking back to to when they launched and where we are today. Didn't am I remembering right, or was it or was it M Dog? Who did MJF face in the opener of All In? Which I realize isn't technically an AEW. So. Do you remember off the top of your head? I Might don't remember. Might have been M Dog. Now that I say that, I was thinking it was Guevara. But anyways, um, 
now that I say it, I think it might have been Matt Cross. Um, anyways, not neither here nor there. He's been around since the inception, definitely. Um, and, and I thought he looked great. I loved how they finished the match. Um, a, I thought there was a real chance Sammy Guevara was going to turn and go to the pinnacle. Um, and that didn't happen. I was very happy for that. Uh, and in fact, even the week before when he said, oh, I'll go in first, I'll do, you know, and he just seemed a little too eager. And so I was like, okay. And even at the finish, when he said, don't do it, don't do it to MJF is MJF was threatening to throw Jericho off the top. I half expected him to go, you know what? Yeah. Throw him um, or something like that. And that didn't happen. So I, I was glad to see that because I do think that, and we've talked about this, like with the young bucks, especially, I think the one thing AEW maybe one of the things that EW can be faulted on is they do a little too much turn, 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 turn. Um, and I'm just ready to simmer on that for a little bit. And um, I, wa- I wasn't ready for Sammy to turn heel um, partially because I think Sammy, he- he's getting over with the crowd, whether I was clicking with him or not, the crowd likes him. And I think right now he probably is better off as a baby face. So I was glad to see him stay in that role. And then there's the, the ending. I think it was obvious he was going to get pushed off. Jericho was going to get pushed off. I thought it was interesting that when they went to the wide shot to kind of show it happen, that spot where he landed, I don't think had been shown on camera basically the entire evening. It looked different to me. And I know it was the end of the ramp and the guys weren't walking on it, if you remember, um, because they'd have fallen right through the dumb thing. Um, so they had, were going down the stairs, you know, on either side. Um, which is interesting when you realize like, yeah, cause some of those guys would have worked in that ring that was directly at the end of the ramp. So if you're working in that ring, why wouldn't you walk straight onto the ramp? And, you know, it, oh. but I didn't think about that while it was happening. So kudos to them for not making a big deal out of it. Um, <clears throat> I, I just thought it looked bad. The landing, um, you know, it was obviously crash bad, which obviously you have to do. You can't throw anybody on the concrete. I get it. Um, but even the, the steel grating was pretty obviously cardboard that he went through. And it just, I think the close up of it, you know, WWE sometimes when they do these stunts like this, they crash through and go through something. And then they, you know, so you see your first view is they're gone. And then they come over them and, and sometimes they're able to pull some of that, you know, padding really fast, out so it looks a little more devastating when they shoot it on TV. We all know there's a crash pad there. Like I said, you're not throwing somebody onto concrete unless you're Mick Foley. Um, and you're not doing that in 2021 anymore. Um, I don't know. It just, it took me out of it a little bit. And honestly, Jericho opening his eyes and talking to the ref took me out of it too. And like, just lay there and don't move, Chris. And, you know, utter yes or something when they say, are you okay? Cause they're going to check on him. And well, they should. Um, but I'm like, he just threw you off the top of a cage. Now, granted, I say that. And I realized that in 1997, we threw a man off a cage and he got up and he went back on top of the cage. Um, you know, so only, only to be choked slammed through the cage, only to be through the cage and still get back up. Um, you know, there comes a point where you're like, are you going to shoot him? That's how we're going to end this match, because what are you doing? Um, so at least this wasn't like, oh, and Jericho got up and still won the match or something. That would have been ridiculous. They didn't do that. But I I just feel like AEW is struggling with these um, big stunt things and executing them well. And the problem is when if it takes you out of it, and, and I've read a few other folks in our, our group of friends um, who've made similar comments, when that ending takes you out of it, it, it can undo all of the good that happened, not, not undo, but put a little bit of a damper on all of the good that's happened in the match up until then. You look at the exploding barbed wire death match, you know, Moxley and Omega had a really strong match up until sparklers went off and, you know, and it was, it was terrible at the end. Uh, this wasn't at that level. I'm not going to say it was as bad as that at, at, in any way, um, but it's still for me took me out of it a little bit. And I was like, Oh, this was such a good match. And I loved the way they finished it. And then they did this stunt that for me just kind of went, okay. Uh, Yeah. The, the, those cardboard kind of like steel grate kind of things like that was unnecessary. Um, After you can say that after the fact, you know, I agree with you. Like that looked really 
really bad from the angle that we got to see it on TV from. And maybe that's part of it too, is learning how to shoot it better for that. Right, right. And, 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 and that's, I don't know if I've made this comment here before. I feel like I have. AEW with camera work has always left a, some, some, a little something to be desired at times. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that was on display. You know, that's a critique I'll have of this match in certain spots. Mm-hmm. Um, so hypothetical, what if, if, if I love, so, so let's just talk that finish Sammy being the one to give up the match for the team to save Jericho, his, his partner makes perfect sense. And again, I think it, the, the, it keeps the bad guys strong. It doesn't hurt the baby faces. And then clearly the bad guys get way more heat, specifically MJF, by doing what he did. If that had happened and they fade to black pretty immediately, does it change your opinion? Does it, does Prob- it, do you think you think you feel differently today? Probably. Um, okay. And I think there was a camera shot, and I think it was just a fan you know, videoing, that was shot from back a ways. And so you, it looked, you know, you got the height of the, of the fall. Um, and it's not like Jericho jumped and he shouldn't have, I mean, his job was to fall straight back, you know, nasty plunge basically. And he did, and he did a nice safe job of that and kudos to him. Look, he's 50 some years old, a man like that doesn't need to be, and he's made more money than you and I will make in three lifetimes combined. Um, man like that doesn't have to do bumps like that if he doesn't want to. And so kudos to Jericho for doing it. <clears throat> But when it was shot from backaways and you got the height and the impact, it looked a little better. I think the problem was in my mind, my memory is they were shooting it like almost from next to the landing spot. Um, so you kind of saw it all poof. Um, and I think so again, it's camera work. Um, shoot it from a way that you don't notice that first. Um, then as you show him laying there again. I realize we all realize there's a crash pad under there. I just don't want to see it. If that makes sense. Like that's this thing with special effects, right? You're supposed to be able to do something that looks like something. It's not really. Um, And I think the problem was we saw the not really pro wrestling is that let's be honest. Um, You know, you always see people comment when somebody whiffs on a strike and it's caught on camera really well. I've shared the, the story with you that the first thing I saw at the very first live event I ever went to was Tito Santana and Kamala were already in the ring as we got there. And as we're walking down the stairs to our seats, Tito Santana slapped Kamala and missed him by a foot and a half. And Kamala sold it like he got hit with a brick. And I understand that's pro wrestling and you're shooting it from four sides. You're going to, you know, all of those kinds of things. There wasn't anything Tito and Kamala could do about that because I'm sure to the people who were on the sides behind Tito and Kamala, it probably looked like he whacked the crap out of him. Happened to be my angle. I, I saw it. That's fine in a live event. You're going to have people who see that kind of stuff because you got people all the way around the ring. When you're shooting it, you get to pick the angle, though. So pick the right angles. Um, and they have good, like, like Keith Mitchell, I know, is there and, and some other people who, I mean, they've worked for WWE for years. I mean, it's not like they don't know what they're doing. I don't know. I just wish, I wish that could have not taken me out of it because the match itself was so good. I totally agree with you. The, the ending shot of... MJF with blood on his face and just looking like I'm the man, you know, I, I have taken this thing over. Uh, I thought it was great. Um, and I agree with you that the way they finished, you, you can't say, Oh, why did they have Sammy tap out? He's going to be a future world champion. Or why did they have, I don't know, fill in the blank here, you know, proud and powerful tap out. Why did, if anybody would have said, why did they have Jericho tap out? If he tapped, I mean, Jericho's Teflon, right? He's going to be fine but they didn't have to do that. They found a creative way to do it. And it also keeps this issue going, which you and I both talked about last week being um, too soon to blow it off. And yeah, this thing is not done. Yeah, absolutely. One other thought I wanted to share and I'm interested in how you perceived it too, was just the cage. I, th- I thought it looked great, uh, but I was also very like concerned and, and really it was Santana Ortiz that really put a spotlight on this. The way that it was not, like secured to the to the ring you know they took some pretty hard falls where they fell through kind of where the the ring uh frame and the cage met uh and for those of you watching on youtube you can see me trying to make that 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 image with with my hands um 
clearly, I don't think blood and guts is a one and done. I think this is an angle uh, that that is going to be something an angle, wrong term, match that that is forever uh, part of the AEW lexicon from here forward. Uh, pausing there, loving that the commentators were pretty much calling it war games without calling it war games. The I, entire- I love that the Jim Ross and Tony were saying, and you and I called the first blood and guts match, Tony. <laughs> like, yeah, you're about to, but you didn't do it in 1986 or whatever it was. Yeah, they're like they're like Dusty Rhodes created this match back in '87, and you're and again, you and I have have enough history with our pro wrestling fandom and knowledge that we can kind of like smile at that. But if you're brand new to AEW and pro wrestling in general, like if this if is you what got you 1987 in, blood and guts match, you're not going to get anything. Right, <laughs> you're you're probably getting some campy horror movie. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so so thoughts on the cage that you had? Did you did you perceive see that as well? And I thought it looked cool. I liked the top. I I love that they went back to a top on it. You know, the classic war games. Like instead of, um, you know, NXT has gone without the top. I I thought that that was cool. So it added, um, all of those kinds of things and and added what they were able to do with the finish. Um, so I love that. I do agree that the sides didn't seem to be quite secured right. Hager at one point got put out on the side and was leaning against it. And I, I thought he was going to go through it. Um, and I was like, Ooh, geez. so, you know, those are just, and, and I know, you know, we're on a podcast, so we're going to nitpick, right? That's what we do. Um, but they're little things. They're just little execution things. All in all, B plus a show. Um, Does blood and guts, the match fall in your top five matches of the year? Of what I've seen, probably. Um, now, I have to say I have not seen very much, very little, in fact, um, New Japan after Wrestle Kingdom. And I know that there are some matches there that I've missed, um, including, uh, from what I've heard, the Osprey Shingo match from earlier in the week um, that probably would, would definitely be on my list if I had seen them. Uh, Blood and Guts probably would be up there. I've always enjoyed, I, I love the war games. Um, I've always loved the war games concept um, or, or Blood and Guts, whatever they need. And I understand WWE owns the trademark. So they can't. Classic Blood and Guts. Great. <laughs> um, you know, if you want to see the early Blood and Guts matches, check out Peacock. They got them, we hope, maybe, kind of. Um, they've got a lot more up on Peacock. They've done a good job of getting a lot of things added as quickly as they can. I know they're not quite where the network was yet, but. They'll get there. Um, but yeah, check out classic blood and guts matches. Maybe they'll put maybe that'll be one of the uh carousel options, classic blood and guts matches. Um, but anyways, um I, I thought the match as a whole was good. So would it I don't have a top five list. Um that's one thing I've always been terrible at trying to keep. I I am tracking how many matches I watch. You and I are both doing that. Um, and I need to update it a little bit, especially here as May has begun. But um I don't, I don't normally track my top matches of the year, and I, I, it's always something I've intended to do, and then by May, I'm like, okay, um, too late. Well, that's but like saying you want to rate, you know, rank your meals of the week. Like, right. you what know? Did I have Monday? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's – I, I need to start it from January 1, but um, it probably would it, – it would be close if it wasn't. How about, how about for you? I know you do track – your matches of the year. Yeah, I'm still processing. So that's why I wanted to, I wanted to hear how I, I thought it was fantastic. It's definitely one of the best matches I've seen this year. It's definitely not the like work rate match, even though I, they, right. there was some tremendous work rate there. The guys were working so hard and so like the violence when, when, um, when cash came in that match, I thought he was shooting on people. He was, <laughs> He was coming when you talk about a house of fire. I was like, "Whoa, who's who stole his lunch money?" Well, and and I loved the uh, the proud and powerful and Sammy uh, double spike pile driver on the exposed wood. Um, I mean, that's just old school, right? And it's a great callback or a great you know callback's not the right word, but Tully's been doing that with FTR, so yeah. they got one up and and were able to do it to FTR, um, which I thought was pretty cool. 
the only other thing that I think I'll say, even though I know we could talk, we do a whole show just on this match. It was actually funny when I started to watch it. Um, I was able to be spoiler free and I watched it yesterday, mm-hmm. the day, the night after it happened. I watched some of, I watched everything on Wednesday through the tag match, but then I, I had slept really poorly on Tuesday night. And I said, if I sit here and watch this match with about 40 minutes plus to go, there's a chance I'll doze off. And I go, and I can't risk that at all. I want my full <laughs> attention on this match. Um, I, I was spoiler free. And I, as I watched, I said, man, maybe we should just, I should reach out to Jim and he, I know, you know, you were watching on demand as well. Let's just do a watch along episode. And that was, that's all we'll do. And I thought, how cool is that? But how difficult is that? And then we would have put us on the spot. Uh, how funny for two spot monkeys being put on the spot. Um, right. Something we haven't done. So you never know. It could happen. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure it's going to be up there for me in terms of top matches of the year where it's falling. Um, I don't know just yet. And to that, to your comment, I, I took a day off. I took a mental health day off of work this week, uh, partially because I needed it, partially because I was like, I'm going to binge watch New Japan. And sure enough, wouldn't you know, I spent all day watching New Japan and got to the point where I'm ready to watch Shingo and Will Ospreay, which I have no, I have no idea of the outcome, but that's where I am. And I knew that match based on kind of the, the, the timestamp on New Japan world that I didn't have enough time to sit there and be fully locked in. And I've not come back around to that since that time. Perhaps today, um, again, I've got a kid in driver's ed this week who started, and I've got two kids in sports. So if you ask me what day it is, sometimes I probably won't even know. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, without um, going into it here, because we've got another other, number of other things, um, I don't know, Tom, did you see the news this morning about New Japan? Uh, they have postponed the Wrestle Grand Slam events. I have um, not, no. So I knew, I, I was aware... I saw the little blurb on was it Tuesday morning about the the, the potential like the fever or the the symptoms of the of the talent and that some people were being removed. I didn't know who was removed until I started to watch day two uh, or night two, if you will. Um, and then I saw that there were two positive tests that yeah. came out of that. So they have not announced who those are. Obviously, they won't. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't know if HIPAA is a thing in J- in Japan, but um, you know, out of respect well, to that, those people decide if they want to announce that it's them. And with those match or that event being postponed, that was the one that was the, at the end of May, correct? Uh, both of them here. At okay. The end of May, Cause there was supposed to be one, I want to say next week or the week after without looking at schedule. And then the, the last uh, Tokyo dome one, I believe was in the end of the month. So, okay. And, and again, we're not in this speculation business, but one has to wonder if one of those talents is Okada because he was in, Arguably the biggest match. Who is going to challenge the winner of Osprey Shingo? Right, and so, and I think also um, the the state of emergency in Japan is in Tokyo, especially has been extended until the end of May as well, and I think that probably played as well. So, yeah, uh, bummer for New Japan, um, but hey, safety first um, for fans and talents. So, uh, and best thoughts to whoever those two talents are um, that that got sick, and hopefully the others who were nearby them that were also pulled from that card. You know, are able to recover well and and don't get sick. Hopefully, yeah. Let's let's hope it's not a spread type thing, right? Yeah. It's, well, and and transitioning from blood and guts, even in that same night of this of AEW this week, when they started to promote Double or Nothing, I'm like, that's not coming up. It's May, like we talked about. It's it's May. Like where where like again, we've, we've had a staggered recording schedule and, and and content schedule, but it is actually May, and that's a traditional May event. So it's literally right around the corner. It, it is. In fact, when they um, when they first announced um, the Sheeta Baker match uh, for for Double or Nothing, I thought, "Wow, they're really putting that out there early." I, then, I, I felt the same way. I totally did. And then and then all of a sudden was like, "Well, actually, wait a minute. It's like three or four weeks. Like this is when they should be starting to build a Double or Nothing." Um, so I, you know, Sheeta Baker makes a ton of sense to me for Double or Nothing. They've certainly been building Baker to that. I'm glad that it's happening at the pay-per-view and not just on Dynamite. Nothing against the matches they build to on Dynamite. I think they do a really nice job of making matches on Dynamite not just be billed. And when you when you don't have pay-per-views every month, you can do that. Um, 
and and I like that personally, especially if you're going to charge fifty bucks for your pay per views. And we've had that conversation before. You can't go monthly at fifty bucks. I just don't. I don't think you can. And I think they realize they can't, so they don't. Um, so you know, Sheeta and Baker, and 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 then they I, come out. Th- this is what I was waiting for. This is why I wanted to talk about this today. They they come out and. They said they were going to have, <clears throat> excuse me, the announcement of Kenny Omega's opponent at double or nothing. And from the way the initial, the the opening tag match um, ended on Dynamite on Wednesday night, where they were just beating the tar out of Eddie Kingston. I mean, it's got to be Eddie Kingston, right? Kenny Omega versus Eddie Kingston for the title at double or nothing. Like, that's what it's going to be. Or... Now, I'm not saying they can't do something next week to still get to Eddie Kingston. That may happen. Uh, But it seemed so, like, this is what you should do, storyline-wise. And I I stopped myself from saying so obvious, because sometimes you don't want to do the obvious. But sometimes the obvious is the right choice. And it seemed like Kingston was the right move. You don't want to go back to Moxley, probably, right away. Um, This wouldn't be right away. He won the title in December. It's five months later. But, um... But they, but they had their big rematch. I they was had say, had a rematch. Yeah, yeah. So, go to Kingston. Makes sense. Makes total sense in the story. But nope, we're going to have an eliminator match next week between the top two ranked people who I have to admit, I would have to go back and look and see what singles matches Pac has won that got him to number one. Uh, is he number one or is Orange number one? I can't remember. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Either I'm way, and and frankly, the orange as well. I don't feel like he's had a ton of singles matches lately. Like, so it's really weird that they're the top two contenders. I, I just I like them both. And don't get me wrong, if you're going to give me Pac versus uh, Kenny Omega on pay per view, like, I, there's no good storyline reason for me to give a rip. But in ring, that that would kill. That would be great. And I'm sure Orange Cassidy and Omega would be interesting. Although my fear there. So here, I don't want to go too far off on a a side tangent, but like we never do that, right? To me, there are two Kenny Omegas in AEW right now. There's Kenny Omega in the ring, who's pretty darn close to being the best bout machine again guy again. I mean, he's just, I've loved most everything in in the ring for the last six months to a year. I mean, I think the guy's just been clicking. Where he wasn't maybe at the beginning of AEW, just something seemed to be missing. I think he's on all cylinders in the ring right now would be in the conversation for best in-ring guy in the world right now, in my opinion. And then there's the character side of Kenny Omega. And I I saw uh, um, somebody on Twitter, Facebook somewhere, um, make the comparison. And it didn't click with me because I'm not really big into this world, but I've seen enough of it to understand it, that he's playing a a Japanese anime villain character. And I'm not a big anime guy, Um, but he he is. He's playing this over-the-top goofy villain but then he gets in the ring and hey he's awesome um so my fear with omega and cassidy if they go that route is it could get really hokey before they have a pretty good match in the ring um because cassidy's kind of a comedy character in his character stuff as well we know he can go in the ring we've seen that um i i don't know this for double or nothing which to me feels like their their number one or two all out, you know, being the other one, um, double or nothing. Those their debut. So I think there's always just a little something special about that show. I don't know. This just made me go, Oh, okay. Yeah. If all out is their WrestleMania and then double or nothing is their SummerSlam to try to, try to give you a WWE comparison. Or, or I feel like rumbles number two, but I, you're, I get your comparison. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it, how did you react when you saw that play out, Tom? So, so, so two thoughts. One, uh, I thought it was interesting, especially now knowing that they had taped this. They had taped Blood and Guts solely on, or Blood and Guts was live, and they had taped the first hour previous. Though both those promos were those promos also then taped, or were those live because they were right in front of the setup cage, right? So that's a one thing that might have been live. And I, my thought is that's why it made more sense after I read that, why Omega came out and said, are you guys ready for blood? Like he was pumping up the crowd, which if the crowd hadn't seen anything live, okay, 
that makes and, a little and, bit more sense. And I thought that was just being Kenny Omega being swarming over the top. Uh, but right. but but you but you might be very correct. But but dual purpose because yeah. it is odd to have your heel be the one to go out and do that. You know, you would think Mox or somebody would would go out and get him pumped yeah. up. Yeah, I, I, I thought having two promos back to back before that match was an interesting choice. They both built to things that I want to see next week. Now, uh, I again, I think you and I both, but maybe more so me. I had Adam uh, Adam Page pegged for this spot. Uh, you know, I thought way back when coming I think back, that might be all out. Like I feel like maybe that. Although, let's be honest, since the beginning of AEW, you and I have both been saying I think that might be the next pay per view. Like, <laughs> right? We just keep pushing Page back, like because they don't quite commit to him. Like it seems like they're gonna, and then they don't quite, and then it seems like they're gonna, and then they don't quite. Yeah, I know. And then Adam Page loses, loses to Brian Cage a week ago to continue the Team Taz feud. So go figure. Again, no problem there. Uh, it's part of storytelling. Um, I digress. That's not that's not where we're going to park. Uh, I, I, if you would have said to me, hey, the double or nothing AEW world title match is going to be Omega versus Pac or Omega versus Orange Cassidy. If you had said that to me three months ago, I'd be like, okay, whatever. Because I, I agree with you. I think I think it makes a lot of sense that it be Eddie Kingston. I don't know how you get Eddie Kingston there um, outside of it being like a grudge because they are pretty much trying to honor the rankings and which I appreciate. And I, and I respect that, but you can, you can book however you want to book. You can make, you can, you can, you can put you want. In spot. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, precisely. But that, that being said, it, it makes me think we're getting the young bucks versus Moxley and Kingston for the tag titles or something of that ilk. Which is which is cool too. So, yeah. So you don't think SCU is winning the tag titles? What you're saying? <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I, no, no, no. You're no, but you're right because that's the thing. I could definitely see them. And so, and so, maybe it's not. Maybe it's a grudge match. Maybe it's Bucks versus Mox and Kingston, and it's a street fight. I hope they don't put the belts back on Daniels and Kazarian. I got to be honest. I, I don't either, but I well, feel I like it might be like. It. I guess it was Kazarian and Scorpio, really, but um, right. And in, my, in, in, in a way, you could say, okay, well, that's the lifetime achievement award for Christopher Daniels before he sunsets his career. Not yeah. that I'm not not that I'm always in favor of those things, but right, he, he got his Ring of Honor World Title win. I'll, I'll let him have that. As and I realize Ring of Honor World Title versus AEW, you know, as far as um, exposure in the world, definitely not the same thing um, to you and I. It might mean more, um, and to some of our friends, but. Yeah. Anyways, uh, but no, that makes that would make sense um, since they're not uh, unless they get to Kingston somehow. But to your point, <clears throat> the rankings are work. You and I both don't quite understand how Pac and Cassidy are one and two. Anyways, I think like I mean, with so that's, Baker, that's where you go back. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say with Baker, they've done such a nice job of her talking about trying to get to the top. So she's going to work all three shows, you know, Elevation, Dark, and Dynamite win matches. Now, most of those matches haven't necessarily been against top flight competition, but it does seem like in the rankings, your strength of win isn't maybe necessarily as important as your record all the time, which is a tweak they could try and, but I, you know, I understand because let's be honest in the NFL, it doesn't, your strength of record doesn't matter either. If you're 11 and, and five or 11 and, six, I guess now this next year, um, then you're 11 and five, you're 11 and six, and you're seated where you're seated um, in the playoffs. It doesn't matter that your 11 wins all came against the Jacksonville Jaguars last year or something like that, which I realize isn't even possible, but I'm just trying to make my point um, poorly, but I'm trying to make my point. Um, you know, so they've done a nice job with Baker talking about her ascent. I, I was when they said the top two contenders were Pac and Cassidy, and, and I'll be honest, I don't usually end up clicking on the links to look at the new rankings every Wednesday. Maybe that's my own fault. Um, I've looked at them sometimes, but I don't, it's not a habit. If I click them, it's just because I'm like, oh, they're out. Okay, I'll look at them. Um, yeah, I was like, those are the top two contenders. Okay. Um, All right. So I pulled them up. Orange Cassidy is 8 0 uh, this year, and Pac is 5 0. Uh, so, so for the Pac record, before Wednesday night, QT Marshall, 12 and 0. And he's not even on the rankings. And he wasn't even on the rankings entering Wednesday night. Go figure. Just, just um, yep. Uh, to your point I about. I don't see QT Marshall in the pay per view main event either. I'm right, just right, saying, right. 
Yeah, but to your point about Britt Baker kind of naming, I'm going to go everywhere and fight. I think, I mean, so so that's where Dark Elevation and and AW Dark are getting guys wins. Like I, I know, like this week, like Pac beat Serpentico as a good example, right? So his fifth win, I am presuming that was his fifth win, came by way of that. But unless you're the diest of diehard AEW fans, and I'm not sure how many of those exist, I can't imagine you're watching six hours a week plus of AEW, especially when those other two shows, even though I know that some matches are like a minute or less. The third member of... It's a lot. And the third member of Two Spot Monkeys is about to debut. Uh, right. <laughs> Sorry, I was uh, I was actually trying to look here quickly for... Um, so like Dark from this week has 218,000 views. Um, dark elevation. I'm not finding it just as I look at it real fast. Oh, there it is. Sure, but that's, but that's 4,000. Now, again, yeah, so we've that's maybe a fifth, a, a fourth, a fifth, or a third of who's actually tuning in to watch Dynamite. So, right. if you have only if you only have that segment <clears throat> of your audience, and again, a view, we think if I click on it how long do I have to watch before it counts as a view? I don't think right. you have to watch the whole video by any means. Right. Um, in fact, I know that for sure from our own um, podcasts here on YouTube. I, I see our number of views. I will say all elite wrestling kicking our tail as far as number of views goes. Um, but I also can look at um, what's the, what's the average length somebody stays on our video. So if they click our video, do they watch the whole hour, hour and a half, two hours last week um, of the video. And let me tell you, they're not on average, <laughs> but um, you know, I, I would bet when all elite looks at their stats, they're not either. Um, but still they're getting 200, 200, 300,000 or more people to click on the video. So, but to your point, that's a quarter to a third of the million they pulled in on Wednesday night, um, which I, I don't know how you look at that. What, what's the goal? You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. what what do they consider? They must they must have considered dark successful enough that they did dark elevation. I mean, that to me that at least tracks. And 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 I think there I saw a story or heard a rumor or read something at one point that those two events entities uh, slices of the pie are going to lead to something additional on TNT at some point. Or maybe on, on the Turner maybe, Network, yeah, they yeah, maybe seen, yeah, maybe even TBS for that matter. Um, I still wonder, are they going to do something on HBO max? But anyways, that's a, um, I wouldn't, if they did like a, a, again, not monthly, don't go monthly, but if they did every once in a while, a clash of the champions style. Now they do that with dynamite where they have these big blood and guts and, and winter is coming and, and different ones. Um, but if they did something like that on HBO max, uh, that might push me over the edge. I've considered HBO max a number of different times because of the, the movies that are debuting there and, and things like that. Um, I probably will eventually get it next year when um, the, I think it's fire of the dragon. If I remember right, the, the game of Thrones prequel, when that debuts, I'll probably finally bite the bullet, but AEW could get me to do it before if they threw like a clash of the champions on there or something. Um, I can't, they can't use that word. I know, but anyways, we're digressing all over. Yeah. Well, we've spent a good chunk of this episode. This it's been all AEW and and I'm not surprised. I, I knew that there was gonna be a lot to talk about. And I think this has been a really rich conversation. Uh and you know, they're they're making their shows uh not recently, uh in, in real time, like destination viewing. And again, had it not been for me having slept like a turd on Tuesday. I would have I would have watched this all live Wednesday night. Uh, but I know my body and myself too well that I uh, I, I didn't want to watch this main event and this this major match without my being able to de de dedicate and devote my full attention to it. And and it paid off. So um, and next Wednesday too. Again, stack card. So I know we'll be back uh, probably with AEW thoughts. Uh, you know, if time if time and schedules allow for us to both watch them by next week. Um, and, and I'm so grateful now that they're not competing with NXT. It is, it has made, it has made my, it has made my feelings about Wednesday night wrestling completely different and Tuesday night wrestling for that matter too. Like, I don't feel like I have to choose a side anymore, which I'm, which I'm thankful for. So I'm selfishly as a fan, I'm thankful for that. Yeah. And, and I have to admit, um, you know, again, I've told, said before Tuesday and Wednesday nights I'm booked, so I can't uh, watch either of them live. 
But lately, AEW has gotten, because it's usually at least Thursday before I get to watch either one of them. Sometimes I can start NXT on Tuesday night or, or Wednesday morning, but not often. Um, AEW has gotten the first click the last few weeks. Um, and then I go back and watch NXT after. Um, so kudos to AEW. They're doing something right because yeah. I also the NXT product. And they're not without fault. So let's not, let's not you know, say that we're oh, looking at two rose colored glasses. Yeah. Um, I will say this. For probably only the second time in this calendar year in 2021, I completely bypassed Raw this Monday. I recorded it on my DVR, and then I thought I haven't been enjoying this lately. I'm just not going to watch it, and I deleted it. I didn't. I didn't watch a minute of Raw this week. I didn't watch a second of Raw this week. It, it's sitting on my Sling DVR. I'll admit I haven't seen NXT yet, so it probably ain't happening. Right? Yeah. I mean, so I don't want to like you know we, to not get too far ahead of ourselves. We have a pick 'em for a WWE pay per view next week. I probably should kind of get in tune with what's been happening, and I am to a certain extent. But they're not—they're they're not motivating me as a viewer to want to tune in yet. So, but we're not here to talk WWE today. I just wanted to share that that perspective, just on the the juxtaposition of my leaning toward AEW and the, the desire to want to tune in versus the non. Right. And, and 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 I would say if there's any product out there, I don't care if you're a fast food restaurant grocery store, pro wrestling on TV. If you're not getting folks to want to come in and walk in your doors or, or you know, be a, be a consumer of your product. Thumbs up. Right. <laughs> yep. So. Absolutely. I, I will say that uh, raw did finally have uh, somebody make their, their call up debut. Um, and then they jobbed him. Out. So. Yeah. You built up on your social media. Not, not uh, obviously never mentioned on Raw or anything that the guy Mansoor had won 49 straight matches. And so you bring him to Raw and you beat him. Only to help or only to prom, or promote or build up Humberto Carrillo of all people. And again, nothing against him. Talented guy. Right. I, I just, I, I, again, I haven't seen it. So maybe it will play out better if I watch it. I don't know that that'll happen unless I, sometimes I will watch. Um, I have, I have found myself occasionally, not every single week watching the, this week in WWE that Peacock or the network before would have up. Cause it'll at least hit those highlights for me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I digress. Um, different conversation. Maybe, maybe there'll be a point to talking about it next week as we preview WrestleMania backlash, because we can't just call it backlash anymore. Um, Let's move on to Ring of Honor. I know we've got some time constraints we want to make sure we hit this morning. Um, but uh, let's talk a little Ring of Honor. I am I'm a little behind on their TV. I know the results, um, but I just, because I don't have access to it on the weekends anymore, it's Monday, Monday night before I have access to fight. Um, and then my week usually gets busy and NXT and AEW and that. So I'm, I'm behind on watching the show. I probably won't go back and watch all of them. Uh, but I would like to go back and watch this past week. Uh, Tom, you, you're you up to date, I assume, on this past week. Yes, I watched this past week. I I believe I, I either forgot to record or just bypassed the week previous. I'm trying to go back and look quickly at results just to kind of refresh my memory. I know what happened, of course, last week. Um, oh, goodness. Uh, doo -doo -doo -doo. So for the week of... The, the last week, so May first, the May the weekend of May one, that was Flamita versus Bandito, the OGK versus Beer City Bruiser and Ken Dixon, who was kind of his new recruit, and then the ROH uh, World TV <clears throat> title match where had Tracy Williams made his first defense against Tony Deppin. Uh, so we'll talk about that in a minute. The the show that preceded that, the weekend, the last weekend of April, that was. Uh, Dak Draper uh, and Eli Isom, and then uh, LFI versus Violence Unlimited in right. Violence Unlimited's in-ring kind of debut. I actually did watch that one. So going back to the week prior to that was the episode I missed. That was when they had Foundation versus uh, Nexus Squad uh, in, in the in the tag, which is kind of what led to that Flamita and Bendito yep. match. Yeah. So um, so going back to two weeks ago. Uh, 220 or 424-ish uh, weekend. That was Draper, Isom, and LFI versus Violence. Did you see that or not I, I did see that one, actually. So okay. I guess I'm only one week behind. Um, yeah, I did see that one. And, and and I guess to me, the story coming out of that, I mean, 
honestly, the main event was the main event. It was what I expected, you know, a brawl that then the foundation gets involved in. That's clearly the three-way faction warfare they're doing right now. Um, Dalton Castle's character turn was interesting. interesting. Yeah, interesting. I would, I would, I would agree with that statement. Uh, I mean, I would say Draper Isom were heel face in that match, and coming out of it, it's and Draper can still be a heel, but I would think both men have now an issue with Dalton Castle, uh, and Dalton Castle clearly positioned himself as a heel. So, well, yeah, you, you kick people in the ding ding, and that's going to make you a heel. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's, that's wrestling one on one. I guess unless you're Steve Austin or somebody, but Kevin Owens maybe, but you know, and then that's not where they're kicking. I realize for the stunner, that wasn't what I meant by that, but. Um, Maybe they Technical can. terminology on Two Spot Monkeys Live. That's right. That's right. Um, I, you know, I, I look at Dalton Castle at one point, I was really kind of into that character, and I haven't been for quite a long time. And I know he's been battling injuries and things like that. So his in ring work was rough. I mean, even at, at the, even during his title run, which, Gosh, it seems, I mean, the fact that I can say Dalton Castle, former Ring of Honor world champion, just now seems odd um, and weird. Although at the time, it was totally the right move to make, it felt like, from a storyline perspective. Um, now I look at him and I go, that guy was champ, really? Hmm, okay. Um, I, I, You know, they're trying something new with him, which, kudos, because I don't think the Peacock thing was was going anywhere anymore. Um you know, and, and do they want to say the word peacock 900 times now when that's where WWE lives? Um, but uh, yeah, I okay, but I to me that was kind of the the news coming out of that because to me the main event, well, fine, was exactly what I expected out of it, yeah. And 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 it's you're not going to get any resolution there, right, until down the road. I did think it was interesting to not have. Violence Unlimited win via DQ and have LFI win via DQ, you would think that you would want like the newer faction to come out a little bit stronger. Uh, and then correct me if I'm wrong, did I hear you say, even though you didn't watch last weekend, are you up to date on what happened? Yes. yes. Okay, so then so then transition, uh, Tony Deppin does defeat Tracy Williams to become the Ring of Honor World Television Champion, which I think a lot of people kind of were thinking that it could happen. I don't know that I thought it happening this soon is what I materialized or how it materialized. Um, I would have much, I think, rather had the title, the, the tag titles go to violence uh, versus this only because of my fandom for Tracy Williams. But I also don't know, you know, who are the two guys that you would have picked out of violence unlimited to be a tag team because there's not, they haven't really established that yet. No, they haven't. I mean, from the way they debuted, it looked like it could have been Dickinson and Homicide. Um, and that would make some sense because it might be a good way to to get to the, the ROH fans who don't know who Chris Dickinson is. You and I are both familiar with Chris Dickinson, obviously, from Evolve and other places. Um, <clears throat> that might be a good way to get Dickinson over to them because, again, you're going to have Art Ring of Honor fans at this point who don't know who Homicide is either. But if you're at least familiar with the history of Ring of Honor, Homicide is much more... Um, known to Ring of Honor fans than, than Dickinson might be. Uh, although there was a time in the world where Ring of Honor fans were also the fans who knew everybody everywhere. Um, I don't know that that's totally the case for ev every, every Ring of Honor fan anymore, any, as it once maybe, even then it wasn't all Ring of Honor fans, but it seemed like more, more of us. Um, and I put you and I in that category because we were, we were a part of that. Um, yeah, I... I like Tony Deppen, so I'm I'm good with it. I agree with you. I thought the tag belts would have switched first because I do feel like they're the tag and TV belts have played a little hot potato lately. Um and, and at some point you want that to simmer down, but I guess that's part of the faction warfare. Um is you know, they're all fighting for the titles and they kind of switch them between factions and and whatever. Um and yet you still have Shane Taylor promotion sitting over here as the six-man tag champs which those would be the belts you think would end up in one of these factions. Um, I don't know. You know, they're just kind of the forgotten um, children in this, I feel like, in the faction warfare. Um, and they really haven't put a spotlight on on either Shane Taylor or or his group it since... makes me wonder if Shane's hurt or something. Because the anniversary of, show. Yeah, yeah, that is... That is 
Yeah. Well, this was it was a good match. I am not in in the camp that you are on Tony Deppin yet. Um, I'm not totally opposed to him. He's just something's not clicking. Um, and it's not the early Sammy Guevara type not clicking. Uh, it's different. <laughs> just just to draw that line out. Uh, so but this is worth going out of your way to see. Uh, Violence Unlimited did not interfere leading to the finish. It was a clean finish, which uh, I could so really like. Yeah, like. Williams Williams just got got. Which for someone who's priding himself on pure wrestling and being really technical it proved that sometimes you, you get you get stuck or you, you get pinned um it's and it's also worth going out of your way to watch flamita versus bandito on the show I'm as well big fan of both of those guys and that will be what when i get a chance to watch it and i will go back to see this one um yeah that the title change certainly will will make me want to see it but bandito and flamita yep sign me up i'm in um yeah i've you know I've said hashtag free bandito on this podcast. I don't know how many times um, I a big, big fan of bandito and I like Flamita a whole lot too. Um, and I'm interested to see, we haven't seen in now, obviously it happens in Lucha Libre all the time, but in main WWE, AEW ring of honor, those kinds of organizations, we haven't seen a lot of really strong heel masked, um, characters like Flamita. And I'm not saying he's a really strong heel yet, but it would be interesting to see if they can get him there. Um, and, and what does that look like in American wrestling? Um, I, I just think that that could be very interesting. And I, I like, um, I like that we're not just going, Oh, the Lucha guys do flips. So they're all faces, um, which I feel is kind of how they get booked sometimes. Um, you know, Lucha house party. Hello. Um, although we tried to make Kalisto heel and look, we, then we didn't do anything with him. Um, and now he got it released. Okay. Um, so I, I think it'll be interesting. And obviously that wasn't Ring of Honor, but um, I, I'm interested to see that. And again, give me Bandito on the show every week. That's fine with me. Um, it's just to see where Ring of Honor goes. And I, I'm really looking forward to this weekend's show, which again, I won't be able to see until next Monday at least. Um, the Quinn McKay Angelina Love match. Um, I haven't watched their Women Wednesday stuff on YouTube, but I've been keeping up on it. And I like that they're having a match each week. And then the next week, kind of whoever wins that match, or the first week it was a tag match, so it was one person from that tag match, uh, Maria Canellis is giving a spot in the tournament to. So I like that they're doing, um, like getting a spot in the tournament, you're kind of having to earn it um, for the most part. Angelina Love got a spot already. Uh, she may get a first round bye if she beats Quinn McKay, but Quinn McKay will get a spot in the tournament if she beats Angelina Love. Uh, you've got these Women Wednesday matches. You know, Sumi Sakai just beat uh, Vita Von Starr. I would have had Vita go over and put Vita. I think you could have helped build Vita Von Star, but um, sorry if you're you're planning to watch those spoiler free. And now I just ruined it for you, Tom. But um, <laughs> all good, all good. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and and they've they've named, they've stated that that's a, that match Love and Love and McKay is the main event this weekend. Yes. So that's a pretty big deal when you consider that you've got the Briscoes and EC3 and Flip and a tag match. And there's one other uh, singles, I believe, as well. So that's a that's a big deal. One other thing it, I want to do. But let me tell you, I'll take Quinn McKay in my main event over Flip Gordon any time of the day. Uh, that was low-hanging fruit. I, I, I threw you a softball <laughs> there. Uh, did you did you hear the news about Lenny Leonard coming back to Ring of Honor? I did. Okay, I did. That, I'm excited for that. Um, yeah, I am as well. You know, obviously he and Larry Dallas had been doing the Dragon Gate shows before the pandemic and, and because of the pandemic, they hadn't been able to. Although I, it, it's been curious to me that they had so far, it doesn't seem like they've done the um, American commentary from this side during the show like Kevin Kelly had been doing. Although Kelly was headed back to Japan to call. I don't know if he called. Do they have live English commentary on the shows earlier this week, Tom? They did not, but I believe he was in Japan and he was quarantining because okay. the com the commentary on on. By the time I watched the Monday event on Tuesday, he had already dubbed the commentary okay. after the fact. And yeah, so, and he had alluded to, I would be, he'd be doing live the rest of the month or right. into, and into June. So, yeah, I knew he was going to be at the, at the two stadium shows that now have been postponed. But, uh, so I, you know, Dragon Gate apparently hasn't chosen to do that for whatever reason. And, and that's, that's their thing. Um, I like Lenny Leonard, a big fan of Lenny Leonard. So him coming in, um, I think it'll be interesting to see, is he the lead, which would make sense to me for the women's tournament. It also tells me, though, that the women's tournament likely is not going to be on TV. It's going to be on YouTube, which I don't love if that's the case. Yeah. Um, I, I think they need to give them the spots on the TV show, um, or at least most of it. Um, I, I just don't think putting 
the women on YouTube exclusively um, shines the right light on them. I think it makes them seem less than. And, and AEW did the same thing with their Eliminator tournament. I felt the same way about that. Yeah. Uh, so, but just on the Lenny Leonard front, very happy to see him back in Ring of Honor. I think that uh, he's criminally underrated as a play-by-play guy and uh, I'm excited to see see him do his work. Absolutely. Well, we were up. We are up against our our time constraints today. Um, it, it goes without saying this is Mother's Day weekend, or we're entering Mother's Day weekend. So we were going to do not that there's any correlation between the topic of, you know, either a Mount Rushmore women's wrestling and or top five women's performers, but and an ode to the female uh, trendsetters. That's kind of where I was headed with that topic. We'll have to table that and come back. Either way, um, uh, are we just doing exactly what we just like? through Ring of Honor and NAEW under the bus for where we're having to move the women off of the main show. Uh, but we will, we will get to that. We will. Good, good call. And we look like a bunch of tools. Now we're the tools. <laughs> we're the tool spot monkeys. So uh, I digress. We are uh, not sure if mothers are our demographic at all, um, but happy mother's day to anyone who's a mom and who's listening or who has fulfilled that mom role. Uh, and for our moms, uh, thanks for having these two spot monkeys so we can do this and have fun almost every week. Absolutely. And and I don't know about yours, but I, I know my mom's not listening. But uh, happy Mother's Day anyways. <laughs> <laughs> my mom my mom did uh, – there's a funny story uh, that my mom once like, called and checked into my brother. I think when the Ultimate Warrior passed away, like she saw it on like, I don't know, the Today Show or whatever. Um, and she was like, are you okay? The ultimate warrior passed away. I'm so sorry. Like not the condolences you'd think you'd ever get from your mom. And also not maybe the talent. I digress. It doesn't matter. It just sticks it out there. Kind of your mom though. Very kind of your mom. <laughs> yeah. The sentiment, the sentiment was not lost, <laughs> but yes, absolutely. Happy mother's day to anybody who's, who's fulfilled that role. And I think that was a great way to say that Tom, um, because we know lots of, um, of women who have been moms to people, even if they did not give birth and lots of men who have been dads, uh, even if they didn't uh, help biologically create that child. Um, so whatever role you fill in that mom universe, thanks for doing it. Uh, our kids need it. So happy mother's day. And uh, we'll, we'll, we will talk about the women again and uh, we'll be back <clears throat> next week with WrestleMania backlash and so much more. Uh, thanks for being here, everybody. Everybody stay safe. Enjoy. Hopefully it's beautiful where you are. It's supposed to be, I think nice here today. Um, but uh, enjoy the weather and we'll talk with you soon next week.